Welcome back to the place we all. If well, we get the help that we, I must well, say the help that you mentioned. Well, here's something um, that we talk about in psychology, right? We mm. call it. I think you and I have had this conversation before. If not, then we'll have it now. There's something in psychology that we that we talk about called autoplastic and alloplastic. Hmm. Are you familiar with that, that terminology? Yes, sir. But um, explain it to the audience. I think it's crucial that they know exactly what it meant, especially in this country. Okay, so when we talk about autoplastic, we talk about, well, let me start off with aloe. And we talk about alloplastic. We talk about, or we think about the Malcolm X's of the world, the Malcolm X's, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X's, uh, the Marcus Garvey, the Harriet Tubman. We we talk about we, when we think about alloplastic, we're thinking about the people that look at the world and think about how they're gonna change the world. Right? That's alloplastic. Hmm. When we talk about autoplastic, we talk about looking at ourselves. And thinking about and thinking about how we change ourselves to fit into the world, hmm. right? As opposed to changing the world to fit into our, our perspective, right? That's so true. for me, you know, when I looked at my life and where I grew up and how I grew up, I realized that the way that I grew up and how I grew up, it wasn't working or fitting into the world where I could be a productive person, right? So I looked at, I, I found it better for me to change who I was, to fit into the world instead of trying to fit the world into who I was. Awesome. And I think that's what the work is. Right. And so that's what led me on to this journey. I wasn't initially trying to become a doctor, but I was trying to fit into the world. Right. Because my fit initially wasn't working. Right. And so I went to college after living a world of, you know, a lifestyle that was fastly taking me on my way to death or jail. Mm. Right. And so that lifestyle and world wasn't working for me. So I altered that, you know, to a world of education, mm -hmm. which led me to where I am right now. And so that's my autoplastic, which is automatic, which is internal. Changing mm -hmm. who I am to fit into this world that would allow me to be successful in the way that this world is created. Right. Rather than being alloplastic. My mother used to describe alloplastic as don't try to take the world by storm, son. You got to, you got to uh, dig into yourself. Um, you can't change what's on the outside, especially if you can't change what's on the inside. Well, 
and that's and that's an argument, right? Because if you look at Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama is, you know, the Harriet Tubman, the Martin Luther King, the Malcolm X. He he, you know, his life, his worldview, his perspective is, you know, trying to change who he was in his opinion wasn't as effective as changing the world mm. to his view. Mm-hmm. And the way he did that was by becoming president mm-hmm. and, and changing the narratives and the laws to That's fit right. into the world that he wanted the world to be. And I think it's important that you understand who you are and where you fit into that world. Because you, you can't escape it. Right, you you're here by fault or default. Yes, sir. So, what's gonna make you happy or not happy or miserable or not miserable is where is defining where you fit in that world. And it could be by saying, "Well, now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to college and get a degree. Uh, I'm gonna go get a trade. I'm gonna get married and have kids. I, you know, whatever it is." You need to know what that perspective is. Otherwise, otherwise, what happens is you are allowing life to happen as opposed to you making life happen. Exactly. I think uh, one of the things that that, that we started this um, podcast on Black Mental Health and Race was the um, notion that um, we have been traumatized as Black people um, by our history, our history with um, European people and um, how we have to change that narrative. And we can't begin to change that narrative until we begin to change ourselves. And that's internal. It may look or appear or seem better to change others but we can't change them and that that is what i meant earlier by doing this work when we put it on a on a, um, a collective conscious level um we came to this conclusion that there needs to be a black psychology um i don't know it's even approved by anyone. Not that we needed approval. <laughs> I surely didn't. But uh, you may need it for academics that you, your colleagues. But just from a layman's perspective, it was um, one of the things that I looked up. It was um, what? It, why is it important to learn about black psychology and the response from um, madeinamerica.com was in many ways black psychology to be viewed as a precursor precursor meaning before to positive psychology which is what we were really talking about tonight with these tragedy tragic events at the root of everything is the negativity that's going on in America 
we can't blame that on no one but ourselves and we can't improve it in no one but ourselves. So our precursor and me um, being able to put everything in the context of race, even black on black crime in the context of race was based on, we have to start somewhere. That's the precursor of black mental health or black psychology. But the goal is positive psychology and multicultural psychology. But we can't get there until we look within ourselves. We can't get there, people, unless we begin to have these discussions like you and I are having, Dr. Moore, where we're not arguing with each other, but we're throwing ideas out there. And we'll see what the universe says. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I agree. And I, I think um, for me, it speaks volumes to um, HBCUs, right? Yes, sir. Um, versus, you know, PWIs, you know, mm -hmm. uh, public white institutions. Um, yes, sir. For me, I... I I don't know where I would have been if I would have been anywhere um, had I not gone to an HBCU. Hmm. Because the HBCU, which is the Historical Black um, Colleges and University, um, the perspective that they teach you as a Black person going out into white America is similar to similar to to the teachings, right? Right. Of uh, of the Nation of Islam, or the five percent, in that you know you have to understand that you are God. Hmm. You have to understand when you leave this university that you are a college graduate among hmm. these white graduates, right? And that you stand supreme and superior, you know, um, amongst these people. But the teachers give you a perspective from a black male's perspective and making you feel, well, maybe supreme, but if not supreme, feeling um, equal to, if not more, right? But mm -hmm. you need that self-confidence that supreme wisdom would give you in teaching you that you are God and being able to function in this world with the confidence that you need after someone have, has taught you that you was a slave all your life. Mm. Same way we're going to an HBCU, uh, leaving an HBCU with the confidence that it gives you makes you walk into a white America saying, you know, give me liberty or give me death. Hmm. Wow. Did, did you um, have any um, understanding of neuroplasticity? Elaborate on that question. Um, it's where you are programming your mind to either undo or do something positive. So... It, it takes it from a, a, a thinking perspective, but um, let me get the exact. Hmm. 
Um, there's five characteristics of neuroplasticity. It can be varied by age. It involves a variety of processes. It can happen to two different re for two different reasons. Environment plays essential role in the process, and brain plasticity is not always good. Those are the characteristics of neuroplasticity. Um, I'm trying to see definition is again. Bear with me. The dark side of neuroplasticity is evidenced by the many cases in which the rewiring also leads to pain, automatic dis dysreflexia, and other negative. sequelae sequels the literature suggests that you might expect these negative effects neuroplasticity under some conditions more than others yeah yeah absolutely I, I agree with that um, in that um, when I decided to pursue a doctoral degree, I had to re, um, not only refocus my mind, but I had to, uh, what's the word that people use? Reinvent. No, 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 no. Have Have you ever seen anybody go through hypnosis? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Repro so, <laughs> right. So what what happens is, for me, I had to say to myself, if you want to be a doctor, mm -hmm. then you have to think like a doctor. You have to think like people who want to be a doctor. Mm. Right? So I had a circle of people that I hung around with. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to envision is this. I want you to think about circle, a circle. Right? Mm -hmm. And a circle is circular. Right? Yes, sir. 360 degrees, that's a circle. Right? But that circle of people is 360 degrees being circular. Doing the same thing, being circular every day. Mm -hmm. Right? So what I realized was I had to come out of that circle to create another circle of people who were being circular and trying to become doctors. <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. I, I created another circle of people. I removed myself from that circle that was there being circular and created another circle of people that were being circular and trying to become doctors. Mm -hmm. Right? And so in that circle, I was able to be productive. Right? right? In, in terms of what you, you're talking about, neural... That's um, right. That's exactly what I did psychologically exactly. by creating that. Exactly. Right. 
Now, if you ask me about the negative aspects of that, the negative aspects of that was abandoning that first circle. Hmm. There's a level of guilt that comes with abandoning that first circle that's being right. circled. But you have to know that that first circle will continue to be circular and will never go anywhere. And if you hmm. ever want to go back to that circle, it's still spinning. It's still there. Hmm. It's circular. But you are never going to go to the other circle of doctors being in that first circle. <laughs> you have to abandon that first circle to go to this other circle so that you could be successful over here. You hmm. can go back to that other circle anytime you want to because right. they're circular. They're circular. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> in, in a circle doing the same thing. They're still standing on they're the corner. Still, they're still spinning in that circle. <laughs> and if you're not careful, hmm. you, you can get caught in that circle over there being circular, never becoming a doctor that you want to become. Amen, brother. Amen. We are at the 77-minute mark in DF um, Black Mental Health and Race. You're listening to MF Doug AF and my co-host, Dr. Moore. Um, I'll leave you with this, brother, and then I'll let you take it home. Um, Joe Dispenza. Dispenza has um, a webinar called 50 Rules for Success. So this wasn't about uh, race, wasn't about politics. This even wasn't about mental health, according to him. This was about success. And the way that he reached success was to get rid of the thinking thinking and to reprogram the mind for the work. And he says in his conclusion, the work then becomes being in consciousness. As you were saying earlier, uh, Dr. Moore, the work then begins being in consciousness of the negative subconscious program tied to the path that produced the emotions or unproductiveness. Now that, that's a little circular argument there. And people will have to replay the tape to really understand what he said. But basically, he said what you just said. Those circles that you have to abandon are necessary. If you don't get out of them circles, you're going to be stuck in that rut. Like people who do these types of heinous crimes, they get stuck in a circle that they cannot escape, and then they ask the cops, to help them escape through death by suicide of a cop or some other type of, but they have to make the crime so heinous that they can guarantee that they're gonna be killed on the spot. I think that's what she was looking for. She was unable to do it to herself, but she knew how to trigger and others, but she couldn't get out of the circle of negative thoughts she was in, nor can we if we're not able to examine ourselves. 
I hope that um, this has been something that gives you a little bit of insight, discussions that you can begin to have with your family and friends and with people that you may not even get along with. Um, come on, Dr. Moore, take us home, brother. <laughs> I really hate when you tell me this. Do we tell me to do that? Um, but um, so I'm not going to take you home, but I am going to um, just reiterate the the. I I hope that I was able to create the picture um, for you to visually be able to see what I mean when I talk about creating those circle, those circle, those two different circles and understanding what those two circles mean and understanding what circular means mm -hmm. and understanding how people are circular every day and your group is circular every day. And if you are in a circle that's being circular, that you are self-aware enough to know that this circle is being circular and is going around in circles mm. every day, 365 days, and you can't escape it, and it can't escape you, and you're stuck in that circle. And until you come out of that circle and create the circle that you want to be productive in, you're stuck in that other circle. Mm. I want to close by saying that there are two types of people in the world. There are people that are intentional and there are people that are distractional. And you have to decide which one of those people you are. If you're not intentional about where you want to go in life, mm. you're going to be distracted whether it's conscious or unconscious, you're either an intentional per person about your purpose in life and that's going to get you where you're going or you're going to be a distractional person that likes distractions or create distractions and never get to where you're trying to go. Wow. I hope our audience has been listening I hope they tried to come to an understanding what was just said. Um, we try to do this every week. We're going to miss some weeks because we have our own lives, own improvements to make, some more than others. Um, we thank you for listening. And hopefully this provides some help or understanding to those that see these tragedies, that see people's wasted lives, that what can we do? We can begin to have the conversation and we can begin people as a race, as a nation, as human beings to do the work on ourselves. That would be the collective work of us all. Any last words, Dr. Moore? 
No, bro. I would hope that um, what we said has resonated, you know, with the viewers or the potential viewers and yes, with sir. ourselves. Yes, sir. Indeed. Especially with ourselves. <laughs> because I, I don't claim to be good or better than anyone. I just know that I have worked and so I'm willing to disclose very uncomfortable things about myself in hopes that um, somebody else identifies with it and sees that they have a problem. Um, for so many years, I was um, unable to admit that I had a problem because I had the right thinking. I just didn't see getting out of this situation that we were in. And so somehow my brain started thinking final program, exit strategies, power leveraging. I got to leverage power against this almighty enemy, whatever that enemy may be. But truly the enemy is in yourself. Anytime that you're willing to sacrifice others, you are actually defeating yourself. Well, brother, I'm, I'm happy that we, um, we and I um, have a friendship that's strong enough to um, create a platform. Yes, sir. Um, for you to self-disclose, for us to have a conversation about those things that people like yourself um, that have come to the, that, you know, breaking point um, to be able to talk about it and be able to deal with it um, and be able to take a different perspective and a different approach about it. Hmm. Um, surely I was not aware uh, of any of <laughs> those thought processes. <laughs> um, but um, I will say that what I, what I know about you as a friend, you've always been an all or nothing type of person. Yes, sir. Um, which, you, you know, I, I thought then and I think now, uh, definitely my professional opinion is, you know, that approach is very problematic. And if anybody... Mm -hmm is listening or will listen um, to know that thinking like that is very, very problematic mm. and it can lead you down a road of um, self-destruction. Indeed. And harming others too. Absolutely. Wow, brother, we did it again. Um, let's... Um, Oh, wait a minute. Must say I'd be remiss in my duties, brother, if I didn't mention Happy Ramadan, Blessed Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak, yep. Have, have, you uh, been doing, have you been doing with Ramadan? Brother, I've been eating peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> the crack of dumb. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> bro. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Lord help me. 
I need help, brother. <laughs> I may have to check myself back in. <laughs> brother, I haven't thought about Ramadan in a while, but uh, I know that other people are. And um, those are our people, brother. Those are where we come from. May not be where we're going, but um, we will always recognize King. Bro, I've been doing. I've been doing well with Ramadan. In fact, I've been doing well with Ramadan for the last <laughs> um, couple of years. In fact, I've been doing so well with Ramadan mm -hmm. for the last, um, like, for the last two years. I've been on one meal a day, mm. um, and so. Ramadan has not been as hard for me because I typically eat one meal a day. The mentality of Ramadan is a struggle in that um, while I eat one meal a day, I, in the back of my mind, outside of Ramadan, I can eat whenever I want to eat. Mm -hmm. But with Ramadan, now you got to knowing that I can't eat, yep. you know, messes with my mind a little bit. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But I'm, 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 you know, I've been one meal a day for a while, um, you know, for the last three years. So I, I've been pretty good with Ramadan. That's good. Sure. I'm starting to get a balance on my diet. Um, I was never too bad. I always ate good. Um, I'm doing two meals a day now. And I still got that problem with my bowels, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or something like that. But um, hopefully I can get that under control. But um, it's still hard to deal with. And so because I can't eat everything that I used to be able to eat, it limits stuff that I can't eat. And... Um, that's not a good thing. So I wind up very malnutrition. But um, those are all excuses, brother. But I think the, the biggest part of Ramadan is focus. That's the purpose of it. So even if you don't celebrate Ramadan, the purpose is focus. And hopefully. And discipline. And discipline. Hopefully, those are things that we follow every day, no matter what we believe. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God.